This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. You can follow me on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. If you do that, you'll be plugged into every episode. We post every episode there. You can also get plenty of news and notes around the Texas A&M Athletic programs. And every now and then during the games, I'll post some of my takes, some of my observations on not only my personal Twitter, but the show's Twitter as well. So I would recommend you follow those both. If you're not a Twitter person, if you're more of a Facebook person, well, that's fine too. You can like the show on Facebook. Just enter Locked On Aggies in the search tab, click on like, and you'll be plugged into all the episodes. I post them there as well. Uh, also some news and notes around Texas A&M, much like I do on my Twitter. I like to post them on my Facebook as well. You can listen to the podcast a lot of different ways. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, you can find the Locked On Aggies podcast. And not only can you find the Locked On Aggies podcast, if you're an NBA fan, the NBA is in full swing, you can listen to the Locked On NBA podcast or you can listen to the podcast for your favorite team, whether it's the Rockets with Ben DeBose, one of my favorite podcasts, whether it's the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Lakers, just search Locked On blank, insert your team, and it'll pop up. And I guarantee you, if you're listening to a podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, you're going to get some really quality stuff because there's a lot of talented hosts all across the Locked On Podcast Network. And I really recommend that you branch out and listen to some of our other stuff as well. Texas A&M coming off a of bye week. Garrett and I talked about this yesterday, but the bye week coming at a really good time for Texas A&M. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, because their bodies were worn down. You look at some of the teams that Texas A&M has played before the bye week. Well, you have Alabama, and you know what Alabama does to opponents when they play them, and it seems like every year, if you look at the injury report after an Alabama game, no matter who the team is, it's pretty full. You know, People get banged up when they play Alabama just because of how physical they are. But Texas A&M also played Clemson, which is the second-ranked team in the country right now, arguably the second-best team overall. They also played a really physical Kentucky team, which is one of the more tougher teams in the SEC this year, and also a South Carolina team, which everybody has their own opinion about how talented they are. But one thing that South Carolina team does, really what any Will Muschamp team does, they play physical. So Texas A&M, after that game in Columbia, they needed a bye week. All those tough teams, all that wear and tear on your body – they needed a week off to rest, to get their bodies right, and that's exactly what they did. Jimbo Fisher talked during his weekly press conference uh, on Tuesday, and he said they're looking pretty good health-wise. Kendrick Rogers should be back. Of course, Kendrick Rogers, who really came onto the scene in a big way during the Clemson game, made a few really big catches. Since then, he's kind of tailed off a little bit. We haven't really seen that same Kendrick Rogers, but he's healthy. He's ready to go. And another big addition will be Keaton Sutherland. He missed the game against South Carolina with a high ankle injury. He's going to be back in the lineup against Mississippi State, which is going to be huge. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But Mississippi State has one of the best defensive fronts in college football, not only the SEC, but in college football. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you list the top five defensive fronts in college football. Of course, Clemson's probably number one. But after that, you could probably make an argument that three out of the four teams are all in the SEC. Mississippi State's one of them. And Texas A&M's going to need all the help they can get on the offensive line if they want a chance against Mississippi State. And getting Keaton Sutherland back, the senior, bodes well for the offensive line that has improved. They really have improved as the year's gone on. And that's going to be really big down the stretch for Texas A&M. So let's talk a little bit about Mississippi State. Like I said, Mississippi State, they play really good on the defensive side of the football. If you look at the numbers... 
If you just look at the numbers, really on both sides of the football, but mainly on defense, if you look at the numbers, Mississippi State is really one of the best teams in college football. The win-loss record doesn't really tell the whole story. On offense, of course, they have their struggles. Nick Fitzgerald's really taking the big step down this year. We're going to touch on that in just a little bit. But defensively, they've given up eight touchdowns all year. Eight touchdowns. We're through seven games. Mississippi State has played seven games. So I'm not a math guy, but what that tells me is they're averaging just a little over one touchdown allowed per game played, which is unreal. Now you can look at the schedule and you can make the argument that they haven't really played an off uh, an explosive offense. And I guess, sure, fair enough. I guess you would have a point. I mean, they played a Kansas State team who isn't really the Kansas State teams of old. They're really down this year. They played Kentucky, who's more of a grinded out type team. They lost to Kentucky. They gave up four touchdowns to Kentucky, which is the most they've given up in the game all year. They played a Florida team that's identity is mainly in their defense, a lot like Mississippi State this year. They played Auburn, who's really had trouble finding their strides on offense. Jarrett Stidham has looked terrible at quarterback for the Tigers this year. And they played an LSU team. They lost 19-3. to That game was really ugly. I don't think the box score really indicated just how much LSU dominated that game. But LSU did have problems getting things going on offense. I mean, Mississippi State really shut them down, and the defense gave Mississippi State every opportunity to get into that ball game. But Nick Fitzgerald struggled mightily. He threw four interceptions. Just wasn't meant to be for the Bulldogs. But that defense is something serious. And I think Texas A&M is going to struggle to score the ball. And this is where converting in the red zone is going to be so big for Texas A&M. Because when you gain big yards against a defense as good as Mississippi State, when you get into the red zone, it's really hard to do. But when you get into the red zone, you need to score touchdowns. It's important that you take advantage of those opportunities. At the very least, you have to get three points out of it. And Seth Small, although he has improved over the last couple games, he hasn't necessarily been the most consistent kicker. He's still a true freshman. He's still going to be going into a really tough environment in Starkville on Saturday. So you kind of worry about that. Can he make his field goals? Can Texas A&M convert in the red zone? Can they get touchdowns? It's a big question. If they can do that, I think there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to win this football game. But that's a big if. Like I said, Mississippi State is fourth in scoring defense this year. They've only allowed eight touchdowns all year. It's going to be really tough for this offense to score. Can they do it? That remains to be seen. Now, we know how good Mississippi State is on defense. What about their offense? Well, that's a different story and there's a lot of reasons why their offense is struggling. Let's look at the scores of some of the games they've played, and let's only look at the Power 5 games. So we're not going to count Louisiana Lafayette. We're not going to count Stephen F. Austin. We're just going to look at Kansas State, Kentucky, Florida, Auburn, and LSU. Well, against Kansas State, they took care of business. They won 31-10 to without Nick Fitzgerald. But again, Kansas State's really down this year. It's not necessarily a good win. There was a time just a couple years ago where if you won a non-conference game against Kansas State, that was sort of... A signature win, right? I mean, going to Manhattan against Kansas State was one of the toughest environments that you can go into. And it's one of those places. You know, there's certain places in college football where weird things happen. Ames is one in Iowa State. I think Manhattan is another at Kansas State. But Mississippi State took care of business. After that, they've really struggled to score the football. They lost 28-7 to against Kentucky. Only managed to touchdown. They lost 13-6 against Florida. Only scored six points. They beat Auburn 23-9. That's respectable. 
And then they lost to LSU 19-3. Now, LSU has arguably the best defense in college football, but only three points. It's hard to overcome that. But why has their offense been so bad? Well, there's a couple things I can point to that jump out to me right off the bat. We might dig into this a little bit deeper on tomorrow's show. But a couple things that really jump out to me right away. Nick Fitzgerald has taken a big step downward this year, and I don't know why that is. Garrett and I discussed this briefly on yesterday's show, but there's a couple things that come to mind, a couple possibilities on why he could be struggling. Number one, he had that pretty significant injury last year. If you remember, he dislocated his ankle. It was a really gruesome injury during the Egg Bowl, and it hasn't even been a full year since that happened. I believe it's probably been right at 10, maybe 10 and a half months. Look, I know I'm not the athlete that Nick Fitzgerald is, but I had a very similar injury a few years ago, and it took me well over a year to get back to 100%. Now, I was 90% for a long time, but any professional athlete, any collegiate athlete will tell you the difference between being 90% and 100% is pretty drastic. In the back of his mind, when he makes a cut, when he plants his foot, I guarantee you he's still thinking about that ankle. I guarantee you. So I think that could play a big factor also, the new coach, the new offense. I don't think Joe Moore, Joe Moorhead is doing a very good job of really tweaking the offense to fit his quarterback. I really don't. But you look at the stats to show you how much Nick Fitzgerald has digressed since last year. Last year, he finished with a 55.6 completion percentage, threw for 1,782 yards, 15 touchdowns. This year, through six games, remember he was suspended for the opener against Stephen F. Austin. Through six games, a 46.9 completion percentage, 768 yards, and just four touchdowns. Last year, it was through 12 games. This year, through six, so he's about halfway there. He's on pace to be significantly lower than his 1,782 passing yards total from last year. He's also throwing for about 10% lower completions. His completion percentage is 10% lower. That's a big step back. And again, I don't know if it's the injury. I don't know if it's all on the uh, coaching staff. If maybe this new offense doesn't really suit him well. But whatever it is, it needs to be figured out quick if you're Mississippi State. Because Mississippi State has Keaton Thompson, his backup who played against SFA. Didn't necessarily play well. Don't let the total yardage and the touchdowns fool you. His completion percentage was barely over 50%. He was just able to hook up with some receivers downfield against a really bad Stephen F. Austin defense. But Mississippi State, if they can't get Nick Fitzgerald going, it's going to be a long last few games of the year for sure. Another thing, another reason why Mississippi State is struggling on offense, Eris Williams, their star running back last year. Remember last year, he ran for 1,135 yards, six touchdowns. This year, only 231 yards, one touchdown. I don't know if he's in the doghouse. I don't know if he's been hampered by maybe an injury. Uh, Joe Moorhead has been really kind of low-key about that. He really hasn't given away much information. But going into the season, Fitzgerald and Eris Williams was one of the more explosive combos on offense across the SEC. And Dan Mullen, during one of his press conferences, this is before he took the Florida job, when he was still the head coach at Mississippi State, he said, I really like the group that's coming back next year. I think this is going to be my most talented team yet. It hasn't really looked like that so far in Starkville. I thought this Mississippi State team would be a 9 or 10 win team. I thought that they would challenge Alabama for an SEC championship. I didn't think they would beat Alabama, but I thought at the end of the season, when you look at the standings, you would see Alabama 
and then maybe Mississippi State right there at number two. I thought there was a ton of talent, but so far, they haven't been playing like it, at least on the offensive side of the ball. From the defensive side of the ball, they're playing great. One of the best teams from a defensive standpoint in college football. On offense, not so much. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Jimbo Fisher. He spoke at his weekly press conference a little bit about Mississippi State, gave his thoughts on the matchup. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Sling TV. You know, when I'm picking out a cable plan, my number one priority, my biggest priority, is being able to watch as much sports, specifically as much college football as I can. And for the longest time, I thought cable was my only option until I discovered Sling TV. What makes Sling TV great? Well, it's the best way to watch college football. Just $30 a month gets you ESPN, all the ESPN channels, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and so much more. You can also stream on your big screen. You can stream on all your favorite devices. Sling TV basically gives you all the live TV you love, only better. There's no useless channels. Don't you hate paying $100 a month and watching maybe 30 of the 400 channels that your cable package gives you? It drives me nuts. There's no long-term contract, which means you're not tied in for the long run. If you want out, you can get out. If you decide you don't like it, that's fine. No hard feelings. They'll let you go. There's no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. You're probably thinking, hey, I want to try Sling TV. Well, good news. Sling TV right now is offering a free seven-day trial for Locked On listeners. What do you have to do? Go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on, and you can sign up for a seven-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. Again, it's just $30 a month. Gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, so much more. It's the best way to watch college football. I'm sure you'll like it, but if you don't, you can cancel. Again, you can cancel anytime. No long-term contracts, but I'm sure you'll like it. So go ahead. Try your seven-day free trial. See if you like it. That's sling.com slash locked on. S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Again, just $30 a month. Gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Sign up now for your seven-day free trial. Sling.com slash locked on. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I'm your host, Taylor Travis. And here in just a little bit, we're going to hear from Jimbo Fisher. He spoke during his weekly press conference on Tuesday. He talked about Mississippi State. He talked about their quarterback situation. Because remember, Joe Moorhead said it's still up in the air. Is it going to be Nick Fitzgerald? Is it going to be Keaton Thompson? That offense has really been struggling with Nick Fitzgerald under center. So it's not going to surprise anybody if Joe Moorhead decides to go with Keaton Thompson. But who's Jimbo preparing for? Is he preparing for Fitzgerald? Is he preparing for Thompson? Is he preparing for both? That was one of the things he was asked for on Tuesday, and he gave a really interesting answer to that question. But on tomorrow's show, I'm going to give my three things Texas A&M must do to win in Starkville against Mississippi State. So make sure you don't miss that. It should be interesting. Uh, Again, I said on yesterday's show with Garrett, the spread, Mississippi State's favored by two and a half. I really do think Texas A&M covers that. I think they win outright. But why? And what do they need to do to win? I'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. But right now, let's hear from Jimbo Fisher. He spoke during his weekly press conference about Mississippi State. He gave their defense a lot of credit, a lot of well-deserved credit. Uh, Again, Mississippi State coming in with one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country. But here's Jimbo Fisher on Mississippi State. Again, all audio played on the Locked On Aggies podcast is courtesy of WTAW and College Station. All right. Uh, glad to get back to work. 
uh, got a lot of work to do this week. Got a big game. Uh, Mississippi State, as you know, is, is a very good football team. Uh, as I say, the, uh, defensively, they're outstanding. I think they're number one in the country in points given up. They're like in the top five or ten in the yards given up at 282 yards a game, given up just over 12 points a game. So, I mean, do an outstanding job. Led up front by Sweat and Simmons, 94 and 9, who do a tremendous job. I mean, Simmons is so disruptive and athletic. Sweat's got 10 sacks, but everybody thinks of him as just a pass rusher. He's not. He's, he's a great run player, too. Can play physical, plays all that. But then you get caught up watching them. You don't realize how good the guys around them are. The other guys up front are tremendous players, 95 and 5 and 4 and all those guys. I mean, the whole crew, they rotate a ton of guys, 34. They're big, 6'5", 310, 15, 20, 25-pound guys that have played a lot of football in the SEC, really good players and will play in the league somewhere. I mean, really do a good job. Backers are downhill, 40. He's very physical. Lewis, uh, it's Thompson, and then Lewis is really athletic and plays, and uh, Gay is athletic, makes plays all over the field. They're, they're, they play great that way. They're physical. They're long. They're big. Their front seven is extremely physical in how they play football. Uh, secondary 38 does a great job. Active, makes plays in space, very instinctive, plays the ball, does a great job. 41 is big and long and athletic. Two and three, the corners do a great job, along with 24, who two is back now from injury, who's a big 220-pound corner. You don't see those very often. You even see him early in the season rushing the pass off the backside and tight ends are blocking him, and he's beating him on pass rushes and things of that nature. And three does a great job in regard to there. They kick the ball very well. They punt the ball very well last week, as you saw offensively. Uh, run the ball for over 250 yards a game. Uh, got great backs. I know one back is banged up. We're waiting to see how he is. But the other back that backs him up had 1,100 yards last year. So they're very loaded there. The quarterback, Fitzgerald, I know he had a couple turnovers last game. This guy can run the football. He still ran it for 100 some yards. He's all-time leading rusher in SEC history as a quarterback, over 3,000 yards rushing. Not many tailbacks have that. Um, what he does, um, great competitor, tough guy, and I'm sure he will bounce back. And uh, offensively, skill-wise, got good skill guys outside, big and physical up front. Um, coached extremely. Joe does a great job with scheme, always coming up with new formations, new ideas, different things they do on offers, a new wrinkle each week and how they present things. So they do a really good job. And they've lost some tight, tough ball games, but they're a very good and very talented football team. A lot of NFL players on that team. They're coached very well. And defensively, Shoup does a great job. He mixes his fire zones and his regular blitzes and coverages. And, I mean, up front, he's got good people to do it with. And, I mean, they, they, he does a very, very good job on, on the defensive side of the football. So, this we're going to have to go play. It's on the road, SEC game. Starkville's a very tough place to play. It gets loud. It gets nasty. And they will be juiced up and ready to play. It's a night game, and uh, we're going to have to play our tails off. We have to have a great week of preparation, hopefully finish this season strong. Last week, I loved our kids. We did a good job as far as our work ethic and getting better on ourselves. We worked on things, our fundamentals, just going back to blocking and stretch blocking and zone blocking and gap blocking and taking on blocks and, you know, all the things on offense and defense that, you you know, you, you don't get enough time to do during the season sometimes and really break down because you're trying to game plan and our coverages and how we played things and how we run routes and, you know, just really, really got detailed and trying to get back to the basics and fundamentals so we can finish up because at the end of the day, wanting to win is one thing, but being fundamentally sound is going to be the key to the success we have throughout the rest of the year and our ability to keep progressing and getting better. we got a lot of work to do and get better, but the good thing is we can do that. So Jimbo Fisher spent a lot of time talking about how good and how strong that Mississippi State defense is, and he's exactly right. Look, this game's going to be low scoring. The over-under is 45 right now. I would hammer the under because I think this is going to be like a 14 to 10 type game, maybe like a 17 to 9 type game. It's going to be one of those weird low scoring games where points are at a premium. And I can't stress this enough. Texas A&M's red zone struggles are what concerns me about this game. Texas A&M is going to have to be able to convert when they have the opportunity to score points because if they don't, they'll be in trouble. Can Texas A&M convert in the red zone? Can Seth Small make his kicks? 
Can they convert on third down? So many keys to the game that we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. Uh, coming up next, we're going to hear from Jimbo Fisher once again. He talked about the Mississippi State quarterback situation. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. You know, I love going to baseball games, football games, basketball games, concerts, whatever. But for the longest time, I didn't know where to find the best deals on seats. I finally found that with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And you can sort them by price or you can look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On, all one word, Locked On, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Remember, every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Remember, this is for new customers only. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. I can't think of a better time to try it. You'll already save money by using Vivid Seats. Now with this promo code, you'll save even more money. Again, that's promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. The Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Texas A&M heading to Starkville to take on Mississippi State on Saturday. And one of the big questions surrounding that game is who is Mississippi State going to start at quarterback? Will it be Nick Fitzgerald? Will it be Keaton Thompson? Uh, Nick Fitzgerald, obviously, kind of the star of the team going into this year. But he's been struggling mightily. I think mightily is an understatement. We already read some of the stats about how much he's taken the step back. And there's a couple theories as to why he's doing that that I talked about in the first segment. But Nick Fitzgerald, let's be clear. It seems like the main point of discussion from the pundits around the SEC is his lack of ability to throw the football this year. He was never a really good passer. He would complete a little over half his passes, but he was good enough to be able to go over the top when the defense would play up in the box because he was such a threat on the ground. He's such a big, strong guy that he's able to run the ball. He's able to bulldoze you and fall forward, which is something that's very rare in a quarterback. He's never really been a good passer, but he's been good enough to keep the offense honest. This year, he's taken a step back as a passer, but he's also taken a step back on the ground. He seems to be a little hobbled. He doesn't seem to be 100%. He seems a little hesitant when running the football, which is something that we haven't seen before. I really think that injury is probably still in the back of his mind. It's not the same Nick Fitzgerald that we saw last year and the year before. And if you're Mississippi State, do you really want to go with Keaton Thompson? He has experience. He didn't look great last year against SFA. Sure, you can look at his stat line. He threw for 350 plus yards. He threw for five touchdowns. But he completed just about half his passes. What that tells me is he took advantage of a really poor Stephen F. Austin secondary. He had a hard time hitting his receivers, but every now and then one of them would break free and he'd be able to hit them in stride and pick up 60 yards at a time. I don't think Keaton Thompson's the answer. I do think Nick Fitzgerald is going to take a big step forward this week. He had such a bad game against LSU. Eventually, the law of averages has to play a factor, right? I think he does bounce back in a big way. I don't think he'll necessarily light it up, but I do think he'll bounce back to a certain extent. But Jimbo Fisher talked about this during his weekly press conference on Tuesday. 
He was asked, who's Texas A&M going to prepare for? Is that going to be Nick Fitzgerald or Keaton Thompson? This is what Jimbo Fisher said. Well, you got to play for both. You got to prepare for both guys. You always do. I mean, that guy, he, he has played very well and he's very athletic through five touchdowns in the opening game for them and can run also. He's very quick, very agile. So, I mean, both guys still, they're still, they'll still be similar on offense when you go to that way. I mean, the scheme, you don't just go change your scheme, right? So each quarterback, you got to remember something. You change quarterbacks, say change schemes. Well, everybody else has to learn new plays too. So it doesn't just totally change. Now, what you may feature does, but they're still very similar because both guys can run and throw it. So we'll have to work for both. We'll have to watch film on both. Nick Fitzgerald or Keaton Thompson, that's going to be the big question up until Saturday. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode. Tomorrow, we're going to dive deeper into Mississippi State. I'm going to give you the three things that Texas A&M has to do in order to win in Starkville against Mississippi State, a team that has given A&M fits in the past. Texas A&M is 0-2 in the last two years against against the Bulldogs. Why is that? We'll touch on that tomorrow as well. But until then, thanks for listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, I'm your host, Taylor Travis. You've been listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.